know if anyone's buying it, but we've been trying to sell levels of optimism and hope today in the fast lane. I don't think you've been doing that, but yeah, sure. I mean, we're we're looking for positives you, in what has been a painful you go, start. You started with your selling of optimism going, I'm not sold on these coaches, but let's be optimistic. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, we have to take a realistic take on that as well. I mean, to be fair, it is their, what, four games into their second season? Correct. Granted, there's not much to show for it on the scoreboard in an era where people expect instantaneous results at places even like Virginia and Virginia Tech. Someone familiar with watching winning football, albeit much differently from last year Not anymore. to this year, as he used to cover the Liberty Flames for NewsAdvance.com, now the Virginia Tech Hokies for Roanoke.com, a friend of ours here in the fast lane, Damian Sortolette, back with us once again. Dame, a pleasure to be speaking with you. Has the losing worn on you just yet? As part of it, I mean, you have to go back to the late FCS days when Liberty was struggling just to finish the season at 500. Um, if you remember those late seasons, like 2015 through 2017, when Liberty had no depth on either line, there were a ton of injuries, um, you know, a whole assortment of things where Liberty, because of playing FCS in the Big South, could get to you know, six wins every year um, and then have some marquee wins early in the year. But um, I, I'm used to it. Um, and it's part of the course where Virginia Tech is right now in rebuilding and the fact that um, <laughs> they got to get healthy quick or else uh, it, it might be an even longer season than it was last year. You referenced the health part to this. Is it just me or... I'm going to be real petulant and not mention any names here, but people can figure this out. Is it just me, or does the injury report at Virginia Tech feel longer than the little bit of a receipt you might get at a chain pharmacy where the receipt seems to stretch from one end of your car to the other? It's getting to that point. Um, you know, with it's eight. So if you count Jesse Hansen, who announced his medical retirement when we were there at ACC kickoff in Charlotte back in late July, if you go back to maybe a couple weeks or even a few days prior to that announcement um, and factor him in, there's nine players who were either projected to start in week one or who have started in the first three weeks who have missed time because of injuries. Um, That's not sustainable for any program. And if you look at what Tech went through last season, um, you know, besides Dorian Strong getting hurt and then some injuries here and there, it wasn't as bad as it is right now. And because of the rebuild and the fact that, you know, in your two deep, you have nearly, I think it's what, 60% of the players are either redshirt freshmen, redshirt sophomore, or freshmen who have very limited experience, you're getting exposed because you're having to play guys early and you have to play them meaningful snaps when, you know, this should be the time that they're developing and growing and, you know, learning behind veterans. So you hope on the back end of this when, you know, they've taken their lumps and they've gotten some reps 
that they're better off for it in the long run. It's just, as you mentioned, the instant gratification nature of uh, where we live today, people are going to be like, oh, we can't wait for this guy to develop. We need you know, immediate success right now. You need to go to the trash report. You need to get someone, yada, yada, yada. Um, so that's where tech's at right now. It's really hard to snap out of that. Through all that, Virginia Tech, they are 1-2 and two on the season, getting ready for a game at Marshall, 10 o'clock airtime on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app and VTR in Southside this coming Saturday. You mentioned the injuries. One interesting note, and I know you tweeted out this at Damian Sortolet on Twitter earlier today, but what we saw out of Kyron Drones and the known issues at Virginia Tech, particularly on the offensive line, does it seem now like it's Kyron Drones' job when you've got a coaching staff kind of hinting that Grant Wells is questionable and he's got to compete for that quarterback job now? Yeah, uh, I'll be honest with you, Saturday watching Wells during pregame warm-ups, uh, you know, you're doing the stretching lines and uh, you're doing high knees, uh, people are running backwards, and Wells is jogging, and I use jogging very gingerly there alongside them and not really doing much. Um, he can't put much pressure on his ankle. Um, when he was trying to throw in pregame warm-ups, He's not playing his foot. He's sliding forward. So uh, the pinpoint accuracy that he tends to have on his throws isn't as crisp because he's not able to plant and make, you know, the throws that he typically would. Um, I think with drones, what you saw against Rutgers is the ability to move the pocket uh, with with him on design throws, and uh, Tyler Bowen seeing very much more comfortable calling certain plays, whether it be read options uh, in the RPO, uh, whether it be, like I mentioned, rolling the pocket out, um, you know, design quarterback runs where uh, because the defense is trying to sell out on stopping the run because Tech has shown that it's going to try to run the ball but hasn't had success, that opens up lanes for the quarterback. And I honestly think Kyron's in the spot where – he makes the offense better overall because now you have to account for him in the run game. And we saw he could make throws. You just wish he would have a couple deep throws back, and I'm sure Dequan Felton wants the drop back uh, that he had that would have gone for a big touchdown. Um, he quitted himself nicely with a touchdown catch later in the quarter. But uh, there, you know, I think Drones gives this offense an element that you don't have with Wells. And I think with the depth chart, Thing or for the starting role, that's just a way of Marshall having to say, okay, we know Grant Wells wants to play in this game. He's probably going to work as hard as possible. So now you have to prepare for both of them, which is kind of what Virginia Tech wants. And then you get out there and you hope Drones is able to exploit Marshall um, in you know in the run game and then try to get get some shots downfield. Damien Sordelat, crafting a blueprint for Virginia Tech fans to experience some level of the H-word. I don't have the beat button, but we'll just go ahead and say it because technically it's allowed according to the FCC. The four-letter H-word, hope, as they go to Marshall, 10 a.m. airtime, this Saturday on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. Uh, Damien, 
the defense for the Hokies. This does not resemble stout defenses that Virginia Tech fans have come to know and appreciate. How much of it is injury-based, particularly what we saw against Rutgers? How much of it is maybe a little bit deeper, including the defensive lines, returning parts, not living up to expectation, and the linebackers, supposedly a Brent Price specialty, also seeming to be out of position? Uh, You can go back to week one against Old Dominion when the signs that the run fits weren't there started rearing their ugly heads. Uh, I was looking up yesterday. If you look at the 133 FBS teams, and Trey, uh, please plug your ears before I say these numbers. Um, Tech ranks 127th in the nation in rushing yards allowed per game and ranks 124th in the nation in yards per carry allowed. Um, I think it's like 212 rushing yards a game and 5.17 yards per carry. Um, yeah, that's not getting it done. Um, that is not a Virginia Tech brand of football like you mentioned. It starts, and it's not just the linebackers who are not fitting things well. It's also the safeties. And, um, again, this goes back to depth. When you don't have Nasir Peoples at boundary and Jalen Stroman at the field, uh, you get really young really quick. And, you know, when you have true freshman most Phillips and – converted wide receiver Jalen Jones out there playing meaningful snaps in the second half, you know, they're going to make mistakes. That's that happens in college football, young players still getting up to the speed of the game, very limited reps. Like their ability to recognize won't be as crisp and as fast as players like Peoples who have hundreds of reps under their belts. And that's what we saw on that long touchdown run um, by Kyle Monaghan that gave Rutgers the uh, 12-point lead in the fourth quarter when Jalen Jones started out close to the line of scrimmage and got sealed off um, on the on the weak side, and that allowed for a wide-open touchdown run. And then, of course, Phillips crashed going after the quarterback and <clears throat> left the high-safety spot vulnerable to you know, a play being made. So uh, that's where you're at. Uh, you need to get Peoples and Stroman back healthy. We know Peoples is out this week. Um, I've heard it's a potential PCL injury. Uh, Tech won't say the extent of it, uh, but they're hoping he's back soon. Uh, Stroman is, I believe, probable for uh, Saturday's game. So at least if you get him back, you get a surefire tackler and someone who you can play at both field and boundary um, to really help that out. And, um, you know, for the linebackers, you don't really have a true mic. Uh, that's what Tech lost uh, when Dax Hollyfield graduated, is you're bringing guys in who haven't played a lot of mic in their careers. And if you look at the top three Mike linebackers and Jane Keller, Alan Tisdale, and McDonald, they're all converted safeties. So... And your true Mike linebackers are all true freshmen who are probably a year away from being able to go through the spring, get meaningful reps, and then contend for starting spot in 2024. So um, there's a lot that goes into the run fit area, and it's something that Virginia Tech knows it has to correct because if teams aren't able to, or teams are able to run the ball and have success repeated success, they're not going to need to challenge Dorian Strong and Mansour to land at corner. 
and Tech's passing defense is going to look fantastic, but they're not going to get tested because Tech, because those teams are going to run the ball. Yeah, I mean, at that point, the the numbers and all the data will look great on the rest of the defense because why fly or go through the air when you can just drive? Why go anywhere else for insight and analysis on the Virginia Tech Hokies from anyone outside of Damian Sortelet? With us in the fast lane, Dame, it's our pleasure to speak with you. Thank you much for your time, and we look forward to uh, to more of these talking about Virginia Tech, even if it's not the most optimistic stuff to be discussing right now. Yeah, absolutely. We got uh, ACC play coming up in a couple weeks, so uh, be glad to catch up with you guys then, and uh, hopefully have uh, more positive things to talk about uh, on the flip side. Indeed, Damian Sortelet with us here in the fast lane, and uh, trying to be as frank, but maybe look at things through a hopeful perspective on Virginia Tech. Speaking of being frank, well, allow the robot to do things for us as we keep our seats and have to be frank about how things went for us last week and what it says about the games that were and what lies ahead. It's time to keep receipts. We told you we coming. We told you we coming. You thought we was joking. And guess what? We keep receipts. God bless you, America. To see how right or how wrong Ed and Trey are with their picks. Do you believe in that? Huh? Oh, no, no, no. Yes! How did we do last week, Trey? I'll say this much. I felt most confident out of my projections on a couple different ones. The over 36 and a half for Virginia Tech at Rutgers because I thought I don't know that how number, you felt confident in that. I like didn't. You, it in hit. Fact, I'll that be was honest. your best bet. In fact, I'll, I'll be honest. Earlier in, the, early in that game, I did not because after Virginia Tech gave up that quick score and the number boomed back up, I may or may not have gotten on the horn and said, hey, we, we got to throw something down because this is going to eventually come back down to the 40-ish point range. It actually went way over that. But the other ones thought it bottomed out for Buffalo and Liberty. From three and a half to three, didn't understand that movement. Turned out to be correct. And Virginia against Maryland, I don't even know if you can take a victory lap, Trey. Uh, Even though we both called it at 14 and said we would go up to 17 and a half because it's Virginia football. Uh, Do we take a victory lap for that or not? Uh, Sort of. So, um... Your best bets, uh, you touched on it there. Uh, I, I'll give you the Commanders. I picked the Broncos. Uh, uh, and then uh, I both I wrote Maryland for both of us. Uh, for me, my best was Ravens plus three. Your worst was Bengals plus three. Uh, th- that is a great Minus point. Three. That's one of those games listening to on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app, part of our NFL triple header this past Sunday, where I just sat there and was like, I don't I, immediately. I didn't feel good because not yeah. only did Baltimore score early, Bengals could not get off the field. I, I on thought third the Bengals would win. I just, I just expected it to be super close. Um, uh, my best, I put JMU because they they won sixteen to fourteen. Gloat so, about that. So uh, you picked about Troy and the yep. and the over. It was close, very close. It was sixteen fourteen final score. Um, yeah, that we uh, were but you got close LU. There. I got. Uh, you you picked LU to cover and the over and that hit. I just picked LU to cover. I picked the under. So uh, there you go. But uh, you uh, you kept it over five hundred this week. Nine eight and one. We got to push huh. on one of the huh. over unders. I definitely the sheet again. I went um I went uh seven ten and one. So uh, you're boy reeling over there. Back under five hundred. So but we're both over five hundred for the year. You are now in the lead at twenty fifteen <laughs> and one. I'm at nineteen sixteen and one. By the way, Trey, I didn't feel good about our NASCAR projection either. Be your ad from Boo. Brad Keselowski was not really and, a factor in the cup race. Yeah, he finished top ten and Josh Berry 
started what outside pole and then uh was in a wreck with three other JRM teammates and then a JRM car one. So I don't even feel as bad about the Josh Berry Xfinity pick because like you mentioned, I can see a path how that would have worked out if it wasn't for the wreck. B Rad from Boo, Brad Keselowski, you know, I mean he was a top ten car as you mentioned, but he never felt like he was in that cluster of drivers like Hamlin and Bell and Larson and to an extent my guy Ty Gibbs that could actually get the victory at any point in time. It just didn't seem like he was running at that particular level. Tomorrow in the fast lane, more on the Who's and Hokies with Brett Friedlander, plus NFL talk with former GM Randy Mueller of TheAthletic.com. We're loading you up the rest of this week in the fast lane. If you missed the wisdom that came today from our guests like Ben Cates and Damian Sordelet. And then it's what we gave you, which is not. Yeah, exactly. Humor yourself. Fast lane, Ned Lane, where you listen to podcasts, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Instagram.